is Angela Yee, and I'm telling you right now that the Alive Podcast Network app is the best directory of podcasts created for us by us. From relationships to making money moves, there's a show that'll captivate every listener. And for my fellow Black creatives, this is a call to action to take your brand and monetization to the next level. It's for the culture. Join the movement and sign up today. Sign up today to get a six-month subscription for $20. Visit AlivePodcastNetwork.com. Coming soon to iOS and Android. Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. How is it in Paris right now? Um, quiet. Yeah, fair. We're getting ready for next week. We open for business next week. So. Oh, oh nice. really? Wow. Yeah. wow. Monday wow. they're reopening. So, so reopening everything? No, not the restaurants, bars, and, you know, uh, museums and gardens and stuff, but retail mm. locations like stores and shops and all that, all that can open Monday. Wow. Oh, wow. Wow. That's exciting. I'm kind of jealous. How do you feel about that, Tanisha? Um, I'm not going out Monday, so I'm going to just mm-hmm. let them handle it. <laughs> yeah. Out. Fair. Yeah. And then maybe I'll go out Tuesday or Wednesday and see what yeah. it's like. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's still bad here. Our numbers are still. I live in DC, and okay. it's still bad here. Yeah. Um, it seems like every day I'm looking on Facebook and seeing that somebody else has it. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's tough here. Maybe it's different in Maryland, different parts. No. but no, the it's numbers not. continue to rise <laughs> in Maryland. We have yeah. not hit the ceiling. Mm-mm. No, and like, I mean, it was great that he opened up parks and stuff yesterday because I'm a huge outdoor person. But at the same time, like, we get so many phone calls now at the winery. Like, oh, can we sit outside? Like, no, we're not a park. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, you're not a <laughs> This is not how this works. You're an yeah. essential service park. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> and, like, the unfortunate thing is that we produce a beverage that makes people pee. So, like, whether or not they want to oh. sit outside, they just have to come back inside to use their restrooms. Which means like another like form of sanitation. So we can only have so many people in the building at a time. Like it's just another layer on top of it, as opposed to like packing a picnic and going to the local park to sit down and then leave. You know, not yeah. quite at all the same thing. <laughs> You're right. Have they have yeah. they um, have they given uh, the vineyards any guidance? I know I spoke to um, Jane from J Mark. Oh yeah. And um, about a week ago, her and I were talking a week ago, and mm-hmm. she she was, at that time, they were still uncertain about what to do. Because it's, it's yeah. kind of like a restaurant. Like, you can wear a mask in there, but you got to take the mask off to drink. Yeah. Like, you yeah, can't exactly. Like, like, you can't put no. a straw in. This is not how right. this works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so... I mean, we can't do any consumption at all right now, obviously, right? So it's just to-go sales. When we open back up, I mean, we don't know. Like, you know, there's the, so there's Grow and Fortify, right? Which is this overarching organization within Maryland that uh, promotes craft value-added products, right? So they do the wine, the spirits, the beer in Maryland. And we were on a joint call with all of the three guilds together. And the beer guild, the spirits guild was like, oh, it'd be fine like if you could take a straw or anything of it. And the wine guild's like, hell no! <laughs> this is not how you enjoy wine! <laughs> like, no, 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 this is, not, this is not how this works. So yeah, we don't really know. I think, we think the next step is that we'll be allowed to have people on the property, but we won't be able to do tastings. So they'll be able to buy a bottle of wine and sit outside but we still can't offer a tasting and i mean for us like and i will talk about this later as well but like for us it's been difficult you know we're a winery and a lot of what we do is based on consumer interaction face mm-hmm. on face pouring you the sample and telling you about how it was made and what the craft was and everything that goes with it and instead you get an online description you click a button and add it to your cart mm. like, it's a mm-hmm. pretty big disconnect about how you run a business and how you engage customers than how it's been in the past. And it's a, it's like interesting to see the flip. It's like you've had to go for yeah. a completely different marketing business platform in order to make this happen. Um, 
Yeah, it's definitely been a weird struggle. <laughs> mm-hmm. Huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a hell of an intro. Melissa, introduce yourself to everybody. Welcome to the Swirl Suite. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yeah, no worries. Okay, no, I love girl. it. I'll just keep talking. I'm, I'm really good at this. Um, all right. Well, my name is Melissa Allen. I am a third generation, the third generation winemaker at Lingenor Wine Cellars. Um, I guess what that means is that my grandparents started the winery about 43 years ago. And my grandfather was the winemaker until about 88, 89, when my dad took over being the winemaker. And now I've kind of taken on that role with our head winemaker, Ray Mitchum. So I don't do it all by myself. I have someone else to help me because I do a lot of other things too, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, so that's kind of me and what I do in a nutshell. Did you always know that you wanted to be a winemaker? Um, so no, <laughs> I always knew I wanted to work with my dad. Uh, growing up, I really loved my dad. I knew I wanted to be near him and work with him. And the only, so Maryland wine is young, right? Like we're one of the oldest wineries. We've been around for 43 years. So growing up, there were only like eight or nine wineries in the state. And I'd go to all these festivals, offset events, and there was never a woman winemaker. So in my mind at nine, 10 years old, women couldn't be winemakers. It wasn't the thing. There were none. So I wanted to be a secretary. I like, when I was nine or 10 years old, I was like, I'm going to be a secretary. I'm going to be my dad's secretary. I'll be there and I'll work with my dad and it'll be fantastic. And my parents were like, what? <laughs> you want to be a secretary when you grow up? And um, my grandmother subscribes to this magazine called Wine Business Monthly. Huge magazine mm-hmm. across the entire industry, right? And one day, Gina Gallo, showed up on the front of Wine Business Monthly. And not every 10-year-old knows what the Gallo family is, but when you grow up in the wine industry, you know what Gallo is. Yes. So uh, she pointed out, she's like, this is Gina Gallo. This is Ernest and Julio's granddaughter, and she is the winemaker. And I was like, she's a winemaker? And kind of from that point, I was like, oh, women actually can be winemakers. And then I changed my entire outset from being a secretary to being a winemaker and found out that the only school on the east coast that offers a degree in winemaking was cornell university Mm -hmm. and so i set my standards high and i pushed and pushed all the way through middle school and high school and i was accepted into cornell in 2009 and i graduated with a degree in viticulture which is grape growing and enology which is fermentation science in 2013 so that was kind of the whole thing like start as a secretary end up with a degree in winemaking (laughs) That is very cool. Yeah. A, a couple of years ago, I did a series on um, women in wine in Maryland. Uh-huh. And um, in, we, we interviewed a couple of the owners mm-hmm. and, um, and some of the winemakers. But it's still, you know, comparatively, it's still not a lot of women. There's more... Um, activity and Mm -hmm. you see um at least more ownership maybe not making wine but um they're in the tasting room now um but it's still not as big as you would think it would be in 2020 certainly and like Mm -hmm. i've worked in seven different wineries and in six out of those seven i have been the only female on the team and that's just kind of how the industry is. It is mainly 80% male, probably 20% female on a, on a good day. <laughs> um, but the thing is that, uh, I don't know how to say it, like kind of politely, the, the, part of it is the job is very physically demanding, right? Like something on my resume says I can lift 50 pounds repetitively, right? Like that is something that I need to be able to do in order to make wine. Not every person can do that and that's okay. But like, that's part of the job requirement is you need to be able to stand every day. You know, during harvest, I'm getting 20,000 steps per day and constantly moving and constantly Mm -hmm. going and working 12, 14 hour days and doing it again the next day and just keep going for 90 days straight. It's a long time. Um, So there's a lot of like demand in that physical aspect that not many people um, and and in some cases women can accomplish. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, um, honestly, I, I kind of like being the only woman. It's really nice. <laughs> that's just me. <laughs> but then, you, you know what I also started to notice, too, is 
that there are more women who are becoming the the vineyard manager. Yes. Um, and not just working on the sales and marketing. And that's a pretty demanding role too. Certainly. Uh, yes. Yeah. That you, you know, I always tease people like if you want to get a good lower body workout, do pruning, <laughs> do <Yeah>. harvest, <laughs> you, will, you will get that. You'll get those, uh, uh, those buns of steel. That is certainly true. Doing that. I worked at a winery in Indiana and all the winemaking staff was required to do all the young vineyard parts. So mm. you put a grapevine in the ground, you know, it only starts like, I don't know, six, 10 inches long. You put it in the ground and you have to slowly train it up. So you have to bend down every week, you bend down to six inches, 10 inches above the ground and like tie up a little shoot and then tie up another little shoot. Mm -hmm. and you keep going. So like the squats, really great. <laughs> yes. Gosh, this sounds so tedious. Oh, it's, it's very good. tedious. And, and literally backbreaking. Yeah, literally backbreaking. Yes. yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I end up with some super awkward tans on the back of uh, on my back because of this. <laughs> so. Yeah. so you had mentioned, you know, Ligonor has been around for a while, and if you ask mm -hmm. people in Maryland, you have you been to a Maryland winery, and they're like, "Yeah, I went out to the Caribbean festival." <laughs> right. So um, now that like you are leading or have input on the winemaking process are you forging a different path for Ligonor um this always like my toughest question to answer so <laughs> the answer is kind of yes but no at the same time mm -hmm. right so um we've been known for sweet wines uh when the winery first started my family only make dry made dry wines because that's all that they drank was dry wines but during that time in the early to mid seventies, people in the area, it was all Baptist. Like no one drank really anything besides dandelion wine. So we had these people come in and ask for dandelion wine. And my dad's like, what now? And he was so ashamed. He produced it for these people that asked that he kept it beneath the counter. So no one could see that he had it. And then they started asking for sweeter wines and sweeter wines. And so we kind of like got into this market of producing sweeter wines and kind of took us into this path that we mm -hmm. you know, end up where we are today. Um, the nice thing about the wine industry is that it's always evolving, that it's never constant and it's never standard. And so where we were 20 years ago to where we are today, heck, when I was 12, which was now 17 years ago, when I was 12, there were 12 wineries in the state. And now there's almost 100. Mm -hmm. right? It's completely like taken off in the past decade or so. And with that, you have an increase of consumer recognition and an increase of consumer quality demands. So we still make very high quality, well-balanced sweet wines, and we will continue to do so because we know there's a demand. People want local wines that taste delicious, that are easy drinking, and that are fun. But there's also people who want wines um, that they can sit down and have with a nice, dry, you know, hearty steak or with a salad or with some, you know, chicken or fish that pair a little bit better with some of the, the dinner meals. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So um, Ray Mitchum, who I mentioned earlier, is our head winemaker. He started kind of pushing, forging this path back in 2014 when he joined on, really made a big stride in 2016. I came back in 2017. And together, we've kind of been pushing it hard since then. Um, we've won some fantastic awards throughout the country with uh, competitions. We've been awarded wonderful scores from James Suckling on Arborino and Exposure and our Cabernet Franc wines. We're all very proud of. So it's just, it's nice to get some recognition about um, those sorts of things that we're working hard to change the perception of. Yeah. Well, I really, I like the new branding of the labels. Oh, thank you. I like the new branding and I like the Petite Bordeaux. Like I was really, um, I think, uh, a couple of years ago, you guys showed the Petit Verdot at the um, railroad. Yeah, the, the winter wine. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yep. and it was it was very nice. Oh yes, it is. It's one of our favorites. Um, we we so Ray and I do um, virtual tastings every Friday now to try to engage people. We oh, did a virtual nice. tasting with um, Petit Verdot last Friday, and usually we stay after work and have a little bit of wine, but no one's opening wines anymore so it's not happening as often so we opened it for the first time in a while like wow the petit Verdot, this is great we missed it <laughs> back again 
<laughs> so uh, Leslie was telling me that you guys are working on an expansion. Expansion, you mean the building we were building? Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> when you build a winery, you never build it big enough, right? Because that's not how this works. <laughs> so what had happened is that um, we had reached a point where we could bottle enough to kind of make it through a small period of time, but not a big period of time. So that new building we were building out the back that most people saw through the last two years is now fully up and operational as of like a month and a half ago. And it is a new warehouse. So it stores finished wine ready to go out to the consumer via either distribution or through our retail channels. So um, that is just for our like warehousing, but because of that, we were able to do a lot of renovation for where our old warehouses were. So our bottling line actually is the, this is the biggest thing is that our bottling line has had an expansion upon it because of this warehouse expansion. So we are going to be able to offer screw caps on all of our sweet wines starting in about a month. So oh, that's that, great. Yes, yeah, that's we are great. very, very excited about that, <laughs> especially for our festivals where we open lots and lots of bottles. It'll be yeah. a lot easier with a screw cap mm -hmm. and take a lot of time and effort out of the entire thing. <laughs> yeah, that's really smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah we, we can't wait. We're like, we've got the screw caps in, we've got the bottles in, we've got the wine ready. So we just need to get like the tech support to help us start, start up the line. So any day now, hopefully. So what's, what's, what's actually going on in the vines right now? Oh man. So in the vines right now, well, there's a, several things. So we've had a really warm winter, right? You guys remember that it didn't mm -hmm. snow. Yeah. It wasn't terrible, but it was just really warm. Um, so on April 3rd, we saw our very first bud break, which is where that little bud kind of like bursts through the top part of the vine and releases a couple of leaves. And that's the very first part that happens. Um, so that happened on April 3rd, which is about 15 days early. Usually it happens right between the 18th and the 20th of April. And so we were almost two weeks early at that point, which sounds great, right? So you have your grapes come out early, you have a longer growing season, you get more ripening, the grapes will be better, it'll be more delicious, all these things, except then it got cold and now we have frost. <laughs> And mm -hmm. in fact, we have two frost events coming up this weekend, one tomorrow night and one yeah. the night after that. <laughs> so right now, all those little buds that came out almost over a month ago now, now have three or four leaves on them. And they're very tender and very delicate. And there's a very good chance that we're going to run into some issues this weekend with this cold temperature that comes through. And basically it freezes, it causes a burn, just like you know, freezer burn does on your food, causes a burn on the leaves. And obviously the leaves are burnt and brown. It causes them to die and it can no longer produce wonderful grapes. So there is a good chance that many, many vineyards in the area and not just Maryland, I'm talking, this is going to all the way down to North Carolina. Mm -hmm. There is many, very good chance that a lot of these vineyards will see some massive um, frost kill that can result in some extremely negative qualities and the fact that the plant will not be able to produce what we had it intended or hoped it would be able to produce. Is there anything um, that you can do right now to prevent some of that? Like, are you guys using like big fans or something? Yeah. Fans? Yes. <laughs> you have fire, you have yeah. fire out there. You yeah, right. Okay. So that's really common in Bordeaux and Burgundy is to use fires, yeah. right? So the whole idea behind frost is that it is this layer of cold air that settles and sits. And when it sits is the issue. If it keeps moving, it's okay. But when it sits, that's the problem. That's how frost is formed. So you can use fire, obviously, to heat up the area around you. Um, you can use water and spray the vines because water only gets down to 32. It doesn't freeze below that. So it won't cause any more damage than 32. So that can help. There are some things that we've sprayed ahead of time. Copper can help prevent um, certain ice formation. So that can help as well. But the big thing that we have are these frost fans. And a lot of people see these vertical fans. They sit up, they sit upright and they rotate, you know, vertically in the air. Uh, what we have are actually these horizontal fans. So think of a helicopter blade, something as big as a helicopter blade, but mm. it only sets about two feet off the ground. Mm. And basically the idea is that it pulls air from underneath of it and shoots it up into the air. 
So it's like a reverse drain. It's draining the cold air and taking the cold air off the bottom of the valleys and throwing it up into the top, forcing the warm air up there back down to the bottom. Mm-hmm. So it keeps just circulating the air the whole day, whole night through. So let's see, we've got about, I think, eight or nine of them um, strategically placed throughout our vineyard in the lowest spots to help keep moving the air. And then my uncle, um, his name's Eric, he's the vineyard manager, and he'll be out there at 2 a.m. on Saturday morning and Sunday morning to come in and turn them all on and get them up and going in an effort to try to mitigate as much damage as we could. They um, aren't those the big machines. Like when you first drive in, exactly the big green machine. That, that is it. Over, yeah. Yep. That is it. That big green machine that sits there. Mm-hmm. That is our fault. That is one of them. We have many others that we move throughout the property depending on location and everything. But um, that one always sits there. <laughs> yeah. 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 We actually. So the year before we bought those, we had a frost event, and in order to like mitigate that frost before we had these machines, we hired helicopters to come out and fly super low. Are you serious? Wow. Yeah, they, they call, I think, if I remember correctly, they, they were like $200 an hour to come out and fly. And they're flying just, you know, maybe, I, I can't even say like 20, 50 feet over the vines, just trying to mix up the air, right? They can't stay on the ground, but they, they move. So they flew out of Frederick Airport and flew down to us and went for five or six hours just trying to mix the air. Wow. And oh, it was man. not nearly as effective as we hoped, hoped it would be. No. <laughs> Clearly, I got to Google this and find video so I can watch one of these. I know. Oh, right? That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the, the fans are really cool. You can't hear them hardly. As soon as you make it up over the hill, they, they have very little noise. So the vertical fans that they call uprights, um, the ones that sit high up in the air, um, they make a lot of chatter. Like they're very loud. Um, so when you have neighbors, they usually don't appreciate it because they don't want to listen to that at 3 a.m. Fair. I totally get it. Um, <laughs> so these prevent very have very little chatter. Like, in fact, we have a horse farm next to us and they don't even complain about it, which is great. So, hmm. yeah. So once you survive the frost event, what's your yeah. next, what's the next challenge? What do you worry about next? Is it deer? Um, Is it, uh, birds, right. birds. Yeah. So <laughs> the next people, up for us, <laughs> yeah, the people. Yeah. We actually had one festival, um, a couple of years ago where it was so rainy at the end of the day. And there was such a backup getting out that people started driving through the vineyard. You are <gasps> kidding me. I am not kidding you. Like they were stuck in the vineyard and we had to go in with the tractors and pull them out because people thought it was logical to drive through a vineyard row. And we what had to cut vines out to get people out. I was like, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, you've got to be kidding me right now. Like, what wow. am I doing? Oh, my God. Can but you arrest can you? Can they get arrested for that? Exactly. That's I'm property damage. I know. <laughs> um, so our next biggest worry is deer. So deer, okay. deer really love, they don't, they, they like the grapes, but the very tender shoots when the grapes are really, when the grape vines are young, they love those. It's the small, tender leaves that don't have any bitterness to them. They're just sweet and delicious. Um, so they'll come in and like just pluck them right off the grape. And if you don't have any grape leaves and you can't photosynthesize, the plant can't produce, and it just kind of stays stunted the entire year. Uh, we have installed deer fence around about three quarters of our, of our vineyards at this point. We have about 80 acres. So uh, three quarters of that is surrounded in deer fence so usually we don't have too much of an issue unless we have a hole in the fence somewhere hmm. um humid summers and that's a really good way to breed pests and mildew and disease and everything else so the uh the drier the better so 2018 hmm. when it rained all year that was the worst year that we have hmm. ever ever had <laughs> um but we've had I mean, 2019 was one of the best years. It was pretty dry all the way through yeah. the end of harvest. Like we couldn't, couldn't complain at all. We don't really worry about birds until uh, the grapes start to get ripe. Then we'll put bird netting up around to help prevent birds from getting in. So, yeah. Hmm. Wow. Oh God, I would be so stressed out if I was, <laughs> I was a winemaker. It is a lot of stressing thing in agriculture. <laughs> That's why I just drink wine. I don't have exactly. To mm-hmm. I would totally be with you on yeah. that one. <laughs> Much I respect to y'all. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Thank you. 
Thank you for all you do for us. Thank You're you. Welcome. <laughs> for your service. Thank you. It's not <laughs> right here. This is essential. <laughs> So, <laughs> so you started to talk about this earlier. Um, you can continue on mm -hmm. on the adjustments that you guys have to make because of COVID and the social distancing. Yeah, definitely. So it has been weird to only have 10 people in the tasting room at a time and four of which are our staff members. Um, so that's been very strange. It's been awkward to tell people, no, you can't sit on our patio and enjoy wine. You have to take that home. Um, we actually had a customer call and ask if they could sit in the car and drink their wine in their car. And we're like, what? to begin, yeah, exactly. Uh -oh, they like, to begin with, that's illegal. Oh, <laughs> that is Somebody, a bad Oh, that's tough. <laughs> that is tough, man. That's a whole nother situation. Yeah. That's a hard life right there. That's hard. Yeah. Listen. <laughs> and they went home and drunk it in the driveway or the garage. They ain't even want to. Yeah, back. right. Exactly. And I go to a park or something. I can't help you. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure what to say. <laughs> um, I think, like I mentioned earlier, like the biggest adjustment has been taking your whole marketing platform, your whole business platform about consumer engagement and being able to sit there and talk with a customer about this wine, about why it's special and why we view it the way we do and how we produce it and what it means to us. Like having this kind of emotional connection with the product and then beating that and like, explaining that to the customer like that's all there's this huge disconnect now you know we send out thank you notes and stuff like that but it's it's not the same as being able to spend time one-on-one -on -one with one of our servers who is well educated about the wines that they're pouring and can answer your questions and take a picture of you and your friends and you know all these other things we can't do that anymore and it's we miss people it's nice to have people around and like for the most part i'm an introvert I don't mind talking about wine. I can do that for hours, but I do miss having people standing in the tasting room. There's something nice about watching people consume the product you make and you have passion about, and you see that they're really enjoying it. And all I see is boxes going out, right? Like I feel kind of like Amazon. <laughs> like, okay, well, there goes another box. I hope they like it. But then that is a good thing. That's better than not seeing boxes going out. Most certainly, yeah. So we have... We have definitely seen um, our loyal customers really try to support us during this time. Uh, we have you know, dozens of boxes that go out most days. Uh, it's really nice to see that. Uh, we see you know, customers still supporting us in liquor stores and trying to buy local and that's great too. Um, I think people now more than ever realize how much the local economy actually means to, to their mm -hmm. friends yes. and family. Mm -hmm. I think it's easy to forget, you know, right? Like if you don't know where your neighbor works and suddenly your neighbor's unemployed because they work at a local company, like, oh, really? Oh, and you're unemployed too because you work at a local company? Oh, and you too? And you too? And like you suddenly you realize how much of the economy and how much of their family and friends really are employed by small businesses. And I think people are, are definitely making an effort to try to support more small than they have before. And it's wonderful to see that as a small business, we have a little under, we're not hiring massive people from across the country. We're hiring local people that live here in Maryland that work with us every day. And we feel like we're part of their family as much as they feel like they're part of ours. So those have kind of been the adjustments, you know, we've offered some shipping deals we've offered some virtual tasting packages in fact uh not tomorrow on saturday we have a mother's day cocktail and brunch so we're doing wine cocktails and brunch recipes so that way husbands in the world can learn how to pamper their wife the next day on <laughs> that is very good that's pretty cool yeah we, that's we thought it was necessary <laughs> Do you guys have like a big plan for like a large, well, you mentioned that like once thing, once we're at the next level of a reopening, you're probably going to mm -hmm. invite people to drink outside. You guys have like a big right. marketing plan or you're going to have live music or something for that? Um, we kind of go back and forth on it. I don't think we've got anything set in stone yet. Because I think we'll still be limited by the number of people we can have. Mm. And we already draw like a fairly decent crowd. So we don't yeah. want to overdraw and have to turn people away. So it, it's, it's, it's a really weird situation to figure yeah. out how you play it out exactly right. Because we were talking about food trucks, right? 
Mm. Most small businesses will put a food truck out front as a draw. Come here, buy this wine, get your food, go home for dinner. But if we were to advertise a food truck, like we could be in a lot different situation where suddenly we've got hundreds of people that now we can't control because we could still only let 10 people inside at a time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, we don't want to be a Costco or Walmart. We want to be able to treat each person the way that they um, expect our customer service to be. Hmm. And you guys have a wine club? That makes sense. Yeah, we have a, we have, yeah, we have a wine club. We have uh, our releases coming up in the beginning of June. Um, we've got, it's three wines for each club released four times. So it ends up being a case over the course of a year. Um, yep. But we've got a wine club. It's free to join. And usually there's special events. Like we had a <laughs> brunch, uh, with a local restaurant that did all these pairings back in February. We were going to have a movie night, which obviously we can't do anymore. So we've been trying to think of like other ideas and how to engage people in, the, in this virtual age. Um, but yeah, we've got a wine club for you to join. You get a 15% discount on all your wine purchases and yeah, it's a lot of fun. I, I like the wine club members. They're, they're passionate about our products and it's nice <laughs> to sit there and talk to people like, plus you, when you show up for brunch, you get free breakfast. So it's great. <laughs> oh, winning. Yes. <laughs> all right. So this is the second part of our show where we get to lo- know you a little bit better with some right. random questions. Okay. <laughs> What was the, and this is for everybody. Everybody's going to answer these questions, actually. Um, (laughs) What was the last item you ordered online? Uh, Honestly, yesterday I bought a um, new server for the winery. That was my last thing I ordered online. It was not really fun. (laughs) It's very practical. We need it. But more fun than that, I uh, recently bought a jigger and a cocktail shaker for our cocktail class. Ooh, Um, nice. Online via Facebook from a local store in Frederick. And she went into the store and took pictures of the items she had called the kitchenette. She took pictures of the items she had and then sent me the pictures, let me know the price. And I paid her via Venmo and it was fantastic. So support local, even though you are stuck at home. (laughs) I love it. Very cool. I ordered my mother flowers for Mother's Day. Hey. Oh, nice. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's very special. Tanisha, what about you? Oh, can you even order anything? Can you receive yes. anything? Yes, I hope so. Um, I ordered wine. And before and the day before that, I ordered some art for my walls because I'm so tired of looking at these empty white walls. So oh. those are my last mm. two purchases. Yeah. For me, um, I actually just ordered a few things today from Amazon. I ordered a whiteboard for my oh, office this is mm-hmm. nice. and um, just a big old digital clock that says the date, <laughs> the time, the, and the day of the week because I can't remember. Because um, <laughs> it doesn't matter right now. It's all re- It literally doesn't matter. <laughs> right? I think Today could be Tuesday, clock. Saturday, or Monday, like yeah. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> It's any day. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, next question. What historical figure uh, would you like to be? Meet or be? Which one do B. you say? B. 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 Ooh. Oh. Jeez. Um, I'm probably gonna say Harriet Tubman because like she was Ooh, not taking what? no you want you wanna be Harriet Tubman? Oh my um, She was shooting people and she <laughs> was just freeing souls. And she was just freeing people. I mean, like, who doesn't want to free people? Oh. That's some hard work. It's, that, oh, it, I, I oh, ain't yes, got it in me. It's absolutely hard work. It's, it's like the ranking up there with the, the winemaker. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> mm. Man. Ooh. Um, oh, that is a good question. I mean, I'll probably think about it more and later on be like, oh, I should have said this, but mm-hmm. that was the first person that gave mm-hmm. me mine. Mm-hmm. Like, somebody who just went hard for the cause. So. I feel like I'd probably like to be someone like Albert Einstein or someone, someone like that, like be able to take the brain capacity that happened back in that generation and be able to put it into kind of like our current circumstance and see how we would solve and deal with the problems that we're dealing with today. Mm. Nice. Now that is a well thought out answer. It yeah. sure is. <laughs> that is. That is. Sarita, what about you? Because I'm still thinking about my <laughs> <laughs> um 
Okay, so I feel like I would want to be some sort of artist. Oh, is that my mic? Can you hear me okay? Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I would want to be somebody from like the Harlem Renaissance. Just in that time when uh-huh. everything was like Ooh. cultural and black and jazzy. Um, nobody's coming to mind right now, but yeah, I would want to be somewhere up in there. Yeah, I was thinking um, not to, you know, dovetail on yours, but I was thinking Billie Holiday. Oh, nice. Like, you know, to be honest with you. They had hard lives. Oh, my, you know what? I am happy being a woman now. (laughs) I cannot imagine. And we talk about it's hard now. No, I know. Yeah. That was hard. And I was listening to... um, What's his name? Okay, so Willie Geis on Channel 4. Mm-hmm. On Sundays, he has the Sunday sit-down. And um, and he interviews celebrities or, you know, thought leaders or what have you. And then he says, after the interview, if you want to hear more of the interview, you can go to my podcast. So this weekend, I just was binging on his podcast, and he interviewed Aquafina. Mm. You know, she played in Ocean's 8. Um, and so her mother died when she was four years old. So her grandmother raised her. And so Aquafina tells the time where she first started menstruating. And her grandmother hands her a belt. Those nope. belts. Nope. And and the the pads with the big wings, what have you? Oh my god! And I was like, that was not long ago, right? I'm like, is this <laughs> in the forties? Like, Aquafina's around now. Like, what? Yeah, yeah. So her grandmother, obviously much older. First of all, I don't even know where you can find pads that don't have any adhesive to it nowadays. But <laughs> also, has her, yeah. has her grandmother never seen a commercial like exactly. commercials for on TV? <laughs> <laughs> like of women playing tennis and like jogging and then they show like a regular one with adhesive oh my god oh my god <laughs> so, that to say i'm really happy being a woman now mm-hmm. like all of the things that women had to deal with before us thank you for your service or maybe that's your history <laughs> whoever created those whoever invented right. That is whoever invented the adhesive on them and the wings. Yes. You know what? That is revolutionary. Like people think (laughs) fire, light. No, the adhesive on maxi pads. That is it right there. (laughs) So clearly this show is for women, in case anyone was wondering. This (laughs) is the ladies show. The feminine side. All right. Okay, next question. So, what snacks have you consumed the most of in the past few weeks? Chips. What kind of chips? Like just regular plain chips? Uh, salty chips with ridges. It's this store here that, and I like their ridged potato chips. So I just get the store brand because they're salty and I love them. Mm-hmm. So I either eat them plain or I do um, sour cream with the ranch um, powder, the Hidden Valley Ranch packets. Mm-hmm. I have some of those. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good. If I make a little sour cream dip and then I, you know, the sour cream ranchy dip and I dip them in that. Yeah, that's been the number one snack. That sounds good. <laughs> that sounds really good. Yeah. Microwave popcorn is coming in at a close second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But since the borders aren't open and nobody can come back over here anytime soon to bring me any more, I'm trying to ration it now. Because I was like, oh, wait, I can get more. But then I'm like, no, I don't know when anybody can come. So <laughs> that, that is, that is, I've been making guacamole. Like, Ooh. oh, girl. Like yeah. As if nobody will ever grow another avocado. <laughs> <laughs> I have been eating guacamole like crazy. <laughs> Oh okay. man, I have been. I have this thing for tortilla chips. I can't get enough of them, mm-hmm. and I don't. I don't buy them for myself because if I do, I'll eat the entire mm-hmm. bag. So my friends at work know that when I'm really stressed out, they bring me tortilla chips, 
but I bought my own and I've got this weakness of eating tortilla chips and like the fanciest cheese I can get at the like mm. local common market grocery store. So I've got like this super fancy brie on top of tortilla chips. That is my snack food. <laughs> so I'm going to act like I didn't hear the last part, but um, yeah, the tortilla chips. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh. <sighs> so I have, um, I have many problems with snacks right now um, Rita probably eat some healthy like i'm just snacking on granola no yeah, I, I no no, no. i had the quinoa chips nope right like i just had the bowl and i've been eating grapes so okay i admit 75 percent of the time i eat healthy but that other percent listen i have a we it's not even just me it's me and alan we have a huge problem with cheez-its huge the uh, box is the box will come oh one God. day and be gone gone yeah. mm-hmm. we were mm-hmm. on like uh we're in this like little couples group or whatever and we had a couple zoom and it's always it starts at 9 30 so just imagine you make a big picture of whatever margaritas or whatever and you got this box of cheese it's it's gone it's gone oh that's done <laughs> gone. <laughs> done margaritas make you hungry i don't know yeah. what it is oh, so um <laughs> Um, and also guacamole is an issue. Guacamole. Um, and I like blue corn chips. And then lastly, mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. my little sweetness, guys, Trader Joe's has these ice cream sandwiches. Holy mug. They are okay, so it's like chocolate cookies, right? And they're like tender. And then the ice cream is coffee. Come on. Oh. Come on. They want you to be addicted. But, yeah. The good thing is they are really tiny. So they're like maybe like palm of your hand tiny? They're smaller like than your a palm. whole hand tiny. No, no, no. Smaller than a palm. So they're small. Oh. So okay. you can, so you can eat, eat like one. five. No. Like okay. That's what I'm thinking, Denisha. Like, oh, then you just <laughs> pop them like grapes. Because right. they're so small. Like the last <laughs> time. And it's fine. The last time I went to Trader Joe's, they, they weren't um, measuring like how many people can come in yet. So there was no lines outside. That was like, I don't know, three or four weeks ago. And I bought four boxes. That's how like it's we're eating one a day. It's a problem. It's, it's a problem. Anyway, so <laughs> times are hard right now. You have to listen. Yeah. Corn chips and coffee and mm-hmm. ice cream with chocolate cookies is what's doing it. Yeah. There was this video, I have to send it to you, where this woman, she's in this classroom and it's reacclimating her to the real world afterwards. She's like, you know, you need to. So she holds up, the teacher holds up a pair of pants and she goes, these are pants. (laughs) And and the woman's like, where's the elastic? Like it's no drawstring. This is stupid, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, I think we're gonna all have that type of yeah. But you gotta that. put on jeans or like regular pants yes. at least once a week just to make sure everything's still okay. Cause you gonna mess around <laughs> and have your feelings hurt, thinking all yeah. the blood in the kingdom with them jogger pants you've been wearing. <laughs> them leggings are stretching with you, so you have to put on something for your past life. Just oh to make gosh. sure all is well. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Uh, next question: If you could live in any TV or movie house, which one would it be? Ooh, I would want to live be on the Cosby Show. Well, yeah, it's cute. That's yeah. a cute little. Yeah, I still would want to be. I mean, you know, I wouldn't drink anything around him, but I would want to be on the Cosby <laughs> Show. <laughs> what in the world just happened? Oh my god. Um, mine wouldn't necessarily be a house. Um, I like Ghost Department on Empire. I mean, not Empire on Power. Ghost oh. Tasha's penthouse apartment. Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, and the close second is uh, Olivia Pope's apartment on Scandal. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's a nice. Yeah. One. I mean, like her place looks so cozy, and I mean, it yeah. was all you know, cream and beiges, and I drink a lot of red wine, so I don't know how that will work out. But mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, place was super mm-hmm. cute. Like her, it was nice. Um, for me, the first one, surprisingly, I thought of was Mrs. Doubtfire 
You remember the family house? Oh, it was yeah, in San Francisco. It was on the hill. Mm-hmm. The house is oh, so cute. Yeah. And um, this other house was, y'all seen the movie What Lies Beneath? Yeah. I did, but yeah. I don't remember. Uh, well, it's a big house. I don't know where they were, but it was, it's on a lake. Okay. And it's a really mm-hmm. pretty house. Mm-hmm. Google it. It's really pretty. Okay. Um, but yeah. Also, so for houses, I like the house on Ozark. Like their house. Oh, their house that is so is nice. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. I really want to watch it. Oh, you should. Oh, once, oh, you start, once you start, yeah. you're not going to be you, able to stop. You, you are not. Yeah. Yeah. Do it when you have some time. <laughs> I'm gonna so watch good. one episode and then yeah. go live my life. No, yeah. you're not. You're not. No. <laughs> right. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's time to watch four episodes. Start. So, yes. yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like for me, like I really enjoy the outdoors. I've never really lived in a city, but if I had to pick one that's like commonly well known, I'd probably say monica's apartment in friends oh I cute like it yeah. That's a yeah it was yeah. super nice yeah um if i had to pick something else though uh, i don't know if you guys have seen the oa on netflix it's What's like that? another it's, it's a sci-fi ish kind of show that's um, where you lost me yeah yeah fair <laughs> enough but <laughs> they, they have um they have this like cabin kind of in the middle of the woods which seems really picturesque and I was like, oh man that'd be really nice i'd live there I, I think mainstream, I'm going to go with friends, Monica and Jennifer. Yeah, I like that. And it's so crazy how her apartment looked, and then Joy was right across the hall, and then how that place looked. Right. Very, yeah. very different. Yeah. Very different. Yeah. Like you really yeah. got the short end yeah. of the stick, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last question. What's your go to meal to cook? Mm. Oh, girl. That's so- <laughs> Uh, when I don't want to have to think about cooking. Yeah, what's your right, like, that's when I order delivery. Um. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for me, it usually happens far later than delivery is still available. Um, so usually, recently, it's been a box of macaroni and cheese okay. because comfort food. But I pair that with wonderfully frozen Chinese dumplings. Huh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. That works. Because well, why not? Right. I mean, why not? Why not? I make, um, if I don't want to cook at all, mm-hmm. a bowl of granola cereal always does the job. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. If I don't feel like cooking, I'll just fix me some cereal. Um, but like the go-to easy for me to do is like pan sear some chicken thighs and saute spinach and Ooh, it's that sounds good tanisha you got one i don't and this is hard because i don't i don't have a go-to like you don't have a go-to stuff. since you've been home i i've been cooking like different stuff but mm. i think my go-to since i've been home the easiest thing is like uh fried rice throw some mm. vegetables mm. in the pan mm-hmm. oh, up some, or whatever and then you know make that that's yeah that would be my go-to now because i always have some vegetables and i always have rice i like it um so mine is a little weird but it's well it's not too bad so it's, it's, a, gourmet. it's not it's not it's, like, not. Uh, it's really not it's like <laughs> foie gras with a side of shrimp <laughs> It's not. So and, um, and shrimp scampi oh with a God. glass of crisp, refreshing white wine. <laughs> um, I I happen to be the well. I got two things. Okay, my first one is I am like the family greens maker. So don't you know in the family who making the greens? That's mm-hmm, me. That's mm-hmm. me. Okay. Oh, but, is that so? It is. That that it is. Um, but my like I call this like my. I don't feel like it's struggle meal. So it's a sweet potato, right? And I cook it in the microwave, um, wrap it in saran wrap and cook it for 30 minutes on one side. Not 30 minutes, sorry. Three minutes on one side and then three months on the other side. I was about to say, your microwave go for 30 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) And then um, I chop up mushrooms and I split the sweet potato open, add mushrooms and then um, top it with a fried egg. That's it. Really? Yeah. It's oh, like, I'm doing that this weekend. It's like sweet, savory, and like 
all these different textures and like I've added kale sometimes I've added spinach like what else whatever I have in the house but I just sort of build it together and that's it I got it from Pinterest years ago and, and you saute the mushrooms and just like what mm -hmm. butter or olive oil like whatever salt, I mean mushrooms you know they're so savory you can just this yeah whatever yeah mm -hmm. yeah this is true I'm just making sure because you know I have to ask you some, yeah it's a question yes yeah, yeah I'll do something yeah, sometimes I'll do something like that in the morning mm -hmm. and like I'll dice the sweet potato first and throw mm -hmm. it in the microwave with some water to like mm -hmm. pre-cook it and then I'll like put it in a skillet and kind of brown it and then mm -hmm. crack an egg over top, throw some veggies in there, call it a breakfast. Oh, there it is. It's them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. sweet potato. Oh, y'all playing. I'm going to go get some sweet potatoes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't think, I was like, I, I'm sitting here going, I got one. <laughs> I do not. All I you need, just one. <laughs> yep. 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 That's it. Well, those are all of our questions. Melissa, thank you so much for being on the Swirl No suite. problem. Yeah. Thank you so much for inviting me. This is a lot of fun. <laughs> Before, Thank you. before you go, tell everybody where they can follow you and Linganore Winery. Sure. So you can find Linganore Wines on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, along with Linganore Wines, that's W-I-N-E-S, then S at the end of it, dot com. Uh, you can follow all of our updates for the coronavirus and everything else we've got going on. Thanks again. Excellent. Well, stay safe, and we hope you guys open soon. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Keep the people drinking. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers to you guys. Cheers. Too. Bye bye. Bye. I love it. Wait, what is it? So it's banner. The banner. Oh, the banner. Oh yeah, I've had that. Yeah. I, I love it. <laughs> Did you drink all that? That gave me an idea. I got stuck in a wine yeah. rut and was drinking like the same three things. Really? Yes. And so I went to the store today and got a, a Chenin Blanc. So that's what three a little... things were you drinking? Yeah. I was drinking a bunch of stuff from Lime Dog. So like reds oh, from Lime Dog. Uh, okay. Mm. Or uh, from the Rhone, like Cote de Rhone Village, a bunch of Minervois or uh, Corbier. Hmm. Like I was stuck in like that red wine thing. I like your rut though. That's a yeah. hell of a rut to be in. Right, exactly. Right. Mm. But I'm, I'm like, okay, um, drink some rosés, drink some whites. I'm drinking a uh, sparkling Tokai. Oh, nice. Ooh. Um, it's so good. It's really good. Um, Leslie, there is a wine shop in Bowie that's next to the Harris Teeter in Bowie. Yes, it is. I know that. Mm -hmm. That's my favorite spot now, mm -hmm. um, because I feel like it's low key. Nobody like knows about it. It's not no, the white people in there. Yeah, we all the way out there. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. Um, I went once, and uh, well, I try to rack up when I go, because I know I don't I don't be out in sticks that often. But um, <laughs> they have an intense sparkling wine selection, and it's never anybody back there. And every time I, I walk out with my order, this guy's like. You found some good stuff. I said, I sure did. I sure did. They do. They do. And, and you know, you can sit at the little bar and drink. Mm -hmm. Well, not now, but yeah. I've never done that before, though. You can, And they have those um, machines. So you can play the lottery? No, 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 no. You uh, know, the, um, by the ounce machine. Oh, you're, you're talking about Mono Tap. <laughs> no, not video poker. Like Vegas? <laughs> Yes, right. It's like Vegas. It's fine. <laughs>